Hello, and welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's the podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name's Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. And my name's Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Well, Kevin, we're finally here. Yeah, wasn't that something? So, uh, what? For, wasn't that something? For our listener, uh, Matt and I started. There's a bit of a technical issue with with uh, on my end, and an hour and a half <laughs> about later, an hour and a hour and a half later, here we are. Every single thing. I switched the bus on my computer to the USB ports in the front of the computer. Problem gone. So figure yep. that one out, folks. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That yeah, was the, painful. The joys of audio recording. Yeah. Sometimes everything is fine, and sometimes you spend an hour and a half trying to fix something that was turned out to be relatively simple, I guess, in execution. I mean, you know what? That's going to be the first thing I try next time, and that won't be the problem. No, of course it won't. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was minimum. Just an like hour when I was half. like, I'd change your driver settings. I know that's what it is because that happened to me once and I was getting all sorts of crazy issues. And, <laughs> yeah. And everything, uh, everything. And then all of a sudden you're just like, oh, it was this. God damn it. Well, <laughs> do you have anything that you would like to say for yourself now? <laughs> well, first, I'd like to apologize for wasting most of our evening. But, uh, you know what happened today, Matt? The it was the best what? thing. Uh, we what got, happened? We got a shout out in the wild from uh, from the, you are kidding. Yeah, and, and I couldn't believe it. We were finally acknowledged to exist. <laughs> so I I got to give a little shout out here to our uh, friends over at the greatest songs ever sung poorly. So it's a super fun <laughs> podcast about music. Uh, the hosts have like a great. Uh, great banter back and forth that you can tell there's some history there. There's some chemistry there. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, I found them on Apple. We've had them on our network. Uh, I think we did a cross promotion with them at one point. Great guys. Go check out their show. And also uh, to the, the fellow who was recommended at Frank Pope five, three Oh nine. What's up, man. Now you gotta, now you got a shout out. Hope you're listening. Hi, Frank. You're, you're famous amongst like seven people. So that's cool. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? That is wonderful. But let's be honest. We're not here for shout outs. We're here for a little game. You like to play games, oh, Matt? I do like to play games. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. your games you like to play. I like to play. You know what? I actually really like the, the Bethesda open world RPG games because... Uh, I can just wander around and find like two skeletons and they're they were clearly doing something at one point and you get to put that together on your own and I love that sort of thing. A little bit of world building. A uh, little bit of world building. I love that sort of thing. What do you know you about know, our I, own world? Uh <laughs> <laughs> you too a lot much of time in video games. Way too much to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so you enjoy you enjoy those games you play? I do. Well, you're not going to enjoy this one, mister. Oh, we got a humdinger of a fact schmacks for you. You're up to nothing. So uh, if I lose today, that makes me the official dunce. It does make you the official dunce. And I get to renounce my dunce hood, which would be nice. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's see how you do then. Fact or schmacked, Matthew. Let's see what you know about the world. In Seattle, there's a gum wall. 
It's a kaleidoscope of color. And in 2015, it was cleaned and over a thousand kilograms of gum were removed from this wall. So for those who don't know, that's about 2,200 pounds or a ton of gum. That is, that's, uh, um, it didn't last long like as after it was cleaned up, locals and tourists began to uh, put their gum back on that wall. That's really, that's like a really, really gross version of that padlock bridge in France that they had to shut down. Okay, yeah, so you do know some things about the world. Yeah, you're darn right, I do. All right. Factor schmacked, Matt. The largest beer glass is at the Guinness Brewery in St. James, Ireland. It sits at nine feet, six inches, and holds approximately 600 liters of beer. It's set on a podium-type device, which actually facilitates drinking, which, of course, has been banned since March 2020. Ah, you can drink from the world's largest beer glass. Yeah, it's got like a thing that you can kind of tip it, have a little drink, tip it back. Now, now sorry, how large is this glass? It's nine meters, they it's said? It's nine feet, six inches. Oh, nine feet. So after our Dyatlov okay. uh, Pass episode where I think I Three completely meters. butchered meters and feet for a minute there. Uh, it would yeah. be, yeah, three meters, so, you know, three nine meters. feet, six oh inches. That's a big, big glass. That's a big glass. All right. Hard to tip, I think. Uh, fact or schmacked. The Kindless Fresser Fountain in Bern, Switzerland, depicts a man with a baby half stuffed in his mouth and a sack full of doomed tots over his shoulder. It's one of the oldest fountains in Bern, having been there since 1564. No one's quite certain about its origin story. So what do you think? One sorry, of those. What is that? What is, sorry. Kindle Fresser Fountain. Kin, Kindle Fresser Fountain. Yes, Baby Eater Fountain is my best guess for its translation. So we've got gum wall in Seattle. Gum wall in Seattle with like a, a yeah. ton of gum on it. A ton of gum. We have the largest beer glass. And we have the baby eater fountain. Would gum stick to a wall long term? Probably would. I bet it would. Gum sticks to everything. It's real sticky. That's one of the big things about it. Then we got this. Oh, we got this big glass. Hard to tip, I imagine. You know, pendulum. It's on a pendulum. It's on. You know, you got some gears and motors. Uh, You wouldn't believe the things that you can turn with with the right gear ratio. Blow your mind. Yeah, but what I'm struggling with, we've turned. I remember turning a dryer with a Dewalt screwdriver, and I'm talking about a dryer like the size of a city bus. What's the diameter of this thing at the top, though? You put your lips on it, like you're tipping it. You put your lips on it, and it's still pouring liquid out to your shoulders (laughs) if it's nine feet tall. (laughs) Is it like it's regular glass? I don't know, Matt. Factor really having really having a hard time with this. How many? Uh, how many? Sorry, nine feet tall. How many gallons did you or or liters? Six hundred liters. Held? I said six hundred liters. All right. No, he's he's pretending to think about it when really he's just stumped. 
I'm comparing it to a mop bucket that I know is 15 <laughs> liters. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine. But you know what? It doesn't matter how tall it is if you don't know how wide it is, and that determines the amount of liters it can hold. Well, no, if I know how tall it is, if it was if it was like holds, one inch in diameter and nine wide. feet tall, it could hold like fifteen liters. Well, but you've told me how many liters and how tall it is. But I haven't told you how big it is. So you're envisioning this big, big glass. Like I don't know, factor schmack, Matt. What's well, it you've be? told you've told me two of the three things that I would need to know to figure out that you know, figure out solve for X problem, right? Okay. Uh, so when was the last time you used algebra? When oh, was the last time you boy. solved for X? You can't try now. I I can and I will. Uh, and then the third one. Baby Eater Fountain. Baby Eater Fountain. Do I think that maybe you just made up, like, reversed, like, looked up what ba- the, the definition of baby, like, put those together. I did not Google And then that. made up the rest. You totally could with Google Translate. <laughs> be easy to do. <sighs> and then there's this Seattle one. Got a real Seattle one. Dinger, this huh? one stick. This one sticks in my mind, much like gum sticks okay. sticks to one's shoe or to one's wall. It's real sticky stuff. So which ones? Gum. F- which ones are facts? Which ones are schmacks, my friend? Gosh darn it! This this is hard. You said I wouldn't like this. I told you. We need a we need a like a like our good friends over at Milk. We need a little timer, a time yeah. So I can't just run the clock out and try and probe yeah. you endlessly, endlessly probe you like like an alien maybe we, would. Oh, let's let's discuss <laughs> at length. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with the beer glass. God damn you! Yes, <laughs> really. It didn't make sense. You know what though? Actually, how could you the, drink out of it, dude? There's one that's uh, seven feet tall. And it held like I wanted to say like two thousand liters. What was the tallest tallest beer glass? Because I looked up what the tallest beer glass was, and I meant to save the fact, and I probably did, but you know during our troubleshooting, I think I lost it. Uh, yeah, it's not at Guinness. Uh, I think it was in Russia. No, that was the biggest champagne glass was in Russia. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. Well, I'm right for the there wrong reasons, f- but I don't care. I'm still right. There is a fountain in Switzerland. That depicts a man eating a baby or like a child or something with a sack full of kids on him. Like that's messed yeah. up. That's like uh that's some Krampus stuff right there. Yeah, well, I had no problem believing that stuff. That's messed up. I could you imagine seeing that in your, yeah. in your town square every day? It'd be great. Yeah. I'm gonna post yeah. some pictures of these. Uh and the gum wall is just disgusting. It is the grossest really? looking thing I've ever seen. I bet it's real dirty looking man. It's sticky stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Could you imagine a ton of bubble gum and like (sighs) the first person Imagine what you could stick to that? Yeah. The first person who put their gum on there was just like, okay, whatever. Then another person came along and was like, Hey, someone put their gum there. Yeah. All of a sudden it became a thing. Like at what point did it become a thing? There's actually uh, I think there's a, I mean, there's probably a lot of theories about that sort of thing. One of them is uh, attachment theory, where like, uh, you know, things just like all of a sudden something gains traction, and you like, know, just by the fact that it's gained traction, more and more things start getting attached to it. Um, remember you know, as planking? Things gain... 
What a stupid attachment theory that was. And Tide Pod yeah. eating. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's 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 the sort of thing, man. Um. All right. Well, I guess I'm the dunce now. That's great. So hey. we're gonna be at this level or harder going forward for Fact Schmaxian. <laughs> I'm not giving you any freebies ever again. <laughs> God damn it. Well, Kevin, today I want to get Happy. back to our roots. Okay. Our roots of me talking about incredibly, incredibly weird stories. Okay. I'm down. This is maybe one of the strangest ones that uh, that we've told or that I've told. Even stranger this than is, a dancing plague? This is... I. This is maybe the most macabre anyways. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. A lot of people going to uh, die. Only one person's going to die. Really? That's an improvement. Well, I mean, everybody, you know. Uh, this is about... Jesus, man, don't go so dark. <sighs> this is about a man named Carl Tanzler and what he so- did. Sounds made up. <laughs> nope. Born uh, as either uh, Carl Tanzler or George Carl Tanzler. He was born on February 8th in 1877 in Dresden, Germany. Okay. Not a whole lot's known about his uh, early life, but he, he bounced around a lot and he wound up in Australia right around the time uh, of the First World War. Uh, shout out. To Max and Lano yeah. from Australia. Um, as was customary uh, during the time, uh, certainly happened basically everywhere in the Commonwealth. If you were German in the First World War, uh, you were very likely to get put in some sort of internment camp, uh, which he did get put into one in Australia. Oh, they usually never uh, do that to white people. No, no, that yeah, that happened to nationals in, in uh, yeah. <clears throat> I always thought that was so, like, Brutal that, like, you know, they did that to the Japanese people and not the Italians or the Germans. Oh, in the but Second World the Second War, World yeah, War. they ought to have known. Yeah. Because yeah. we did the song and dance in the First World War, and it, you know... Didn't really probably, pan out. It didn't really... Did, did they yeah. do that uh, in North America to uh, German German people? You know or what? Or was that just Australia? I get it. it. You're not prepared. I don't, yeah, well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't look that. <laughs> I, I'm prepared well, you can't to talk about every question I'm going to ask you. Right. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll let you slide on that one. Um, but yeah, so the world uh, World War One ends. He wounds up. Uh, he wound up back in Germany, married a lady named Doris Schaefer, and had two kids with her. One of whom, uh, unfortunately, died of the the diphtheria. There. Is this in the one person who dies in this story? Uh, actually, I guess now there's two people who died in this story. Keep track, folks. Uh, in uh, keep me honest. Uh, in 1926, uh, old Carl here he emigrated to the U.S. with his wife, uh, and he wound up in the Tampa Bay area. At some point in his life, I'm just bringing this up here because this is just a relevant fact about him. Uh, he somehow came into possession of the title of count, or at least he certainly thought he did. He might have purchased it in one of these, like, you know, crazy by a by a title scheme. But sometimes he went by Count Carl Tanzler von Kosel. Okay, hold Just, up, hold up. 
just so you know. You can buy a title of Count? Uh, yeah, you can buy titles for sure. Okay. So my I mean, next question to mean, you they is... They mean nothing. What's in you our, can also buy a star name, right? Like, you can buy an NFT. It doesn't mean anything. What's in, what's in our budget right now for titles? I mean, how much money is this show made? Nothing? Well, I was going to say, yeah, we could probably, like, I guess we could put, like, 10% towards... Okay, so... Towards whatever you want, really. If you support our Patreon, Matt and I will become counts. Yes, well, our world, world lords or something. I'm going to look into this, Matt, and I'm going to make this happen. Because I want want us to have titles. All right, continue your story. Well, yeah, so in 1927, the count uh, took a job... Uh, as a radiology technician, so he was an x-ray tech. He was giving people administering x-rays. I bet they uh, were just wicked x-rays back in the day. F- Florida. Uh, yeah, you know. Some mad radiation. Yeah. Noticeably, uh, he he was there without his family. I think he'd kind of maybe estranged himself from his family even at uh, at this point. Just one more thing I want to mention about his, his background here. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Apparently. Allegedly, uh, apparently, and according to him anyway, he was visited by an ancestor uh, who revealed to him the face of his one true love, which was an exotic, dark-haired woman. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Now, you're probably wondering why the hell we're talking about this guy, right? Yeah, I often do that. <laughs> well... On April 22nd of 1930, a young woman named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas, who sometimes went, she was obviously Cuban, I think, Cuban or Spanish. Uh, She sometimes also went as Helen. I think that was the Elena can be, so I think she went as Helen. Uh, She was admitted to the hospital with respiratory problems. Now, she's like 20, 21 at this point point in her uh in her life and uh, as she was having problems breathing you know as the she's going through her uh her diagnostic tour through the hospital trying to figure out what's going on well when she you know what she goes right through the the x-ray department well coincidence of coincidences she apparently has this same face as the woman carl had seen in his dreams this must be the woman that he is meant to be with his one true love. Makes sense, sure. You know, she's 20 and he's 53. Yeah. So he immediately starts, like, professing his love to her and he's giving her gifts. And she's never reciprocating any of this. She's just, like, a 20-year-old in a bad situation at a hospital and she's got this... This guy who works there who, like, seems to really want to help her, even if she's being creepy. So she's kind of, like, from everything I understand, you know, he was allowed to do things uh, with her. Like, he'd, he would he would try out his own treatments on her. Nobody really knows what his treatments were, but she was at least open to this. Um, seems like, you know, the, again, her and the family are, are putting up with it because he genuinely seems like he wanted to help. I think he was maybe helping out financially. Um, he was 
like stealing hospital equipment and bringing it to her house uh, to try and uh, so to this, try and help her. <clears throat> this isn't like how long was she in the hospital for? Well, so it's uh, what she went in on uh, in April of 1930. I don't know how long she was in the hospital. She was diagnosed with tuberculosis. She had the consumption. Okay. Um, so that's it was a, at the time that was a mostly fatal disease. Um, so she goes in on April 22nd of 1930. Um, she wound up passing away in October of 1931. Okay. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, that's a really tragic story all on its own, right? Um, you know, despite the best efforts of the doctors and nurses that were legitimately treating her and, um, Carl, this crazy person who was like, trying to like give her extra x-rays because maybe that's going to help with the tuberculosis or something. Uh, like I said, he's a very interesting guy. Um, you know, it's very sad, but, um, you know, I guess her, her suffering was over and she could be laid down for, you know, for her permanent rest now. Okay. Well, Carl was a nice guy. Oh, no. Carl was a super nice guy. No. He offered to pay for her to be buried. No. And he not, you know, he couldn't just give give this person who was so important to him that he had, you know, just happened to meet. And he built her a mausoleum and the family, you know, the family of this girl who had lost a bunch of people to tuberculosis, it must be said. Uh, probably could not really afford a proper burial for her. At least it would have been incredibly burdensome. They were more than happy to accept his assistance. But, uh, I don't know, bureaucratic mix-up or something, but uh, Carl winds up with the only key to this mausoleum. No. I know. I feel like I know where this is going. <laughs> so lonely and lovelorn. Carl starts making nightly trips to the mausoleum. Oh, God damn it! Uh, to continue his uh, his courtship, you know he's 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 madly in love with this person. You know he he even allegedly what? had a allegedly f- allegedly had a phone installed in this mausoleum, so he could call her, I guess. But like, I can't imagine she would have picked up the phone. I'm not sure what the purpose of that would be. So I don't know how to rate that on a likelihood uh, scale. Uh, well, after two years of of courtship, you know, of nightly visits, him spending a few hours there by her side, Carl felt like it was time to take the next step. So he asked her to move in with him. Well, wouldn't you know it, she said Yes. So, you're just so bummed at this, eh? (laughs) I just, I mean, I don't even know what to say to this. It's so, that's that's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's going to get so much worse. What? Yeah. God damn. All right, Matt. So, he arrived in the dead at night and he loaded her, her corpse onto a toy wagon and managed apparently without being seen by anybody to get her back to his house 
Uh, and once he got there, he uh, he had some work to do because this was a two-year-old corpse, and you know, obviously everything's she's not really holding together so yeah, well. Man, like I don't know anymore a whole, whole lot about like the various states of decomposition, but I feel like she had been embalmed. Okay, but I mean, still though, like there's not good. Oh God, yeah, it would have smelled. Oh, I can't, yeah, I can't even. All right. So I'm here's going. here's where um here's where things take a turn for kind of the gross. Really, this is where. Yeah, he uh, you know, like the six million dollar man. <laughs> we can rebuild you. We can make you stronger. We have the technology. Oh, Matthew, no. This is um, sort of like that. He he used oh, wire. God. Uh, to to hold her bones together, and he started replacing the parts of her skin uh, with silk that had been coated in wax and plaster, oh, plaster dude. of Paris. I, I almost think. you almost make me want to barf right now. Like <laughs> he also made her rose. Uh oh, buckle up, buddy. Uh, oh, he made oh, her. Uh, he made her a wig from her own hair and affixed it to her head. What a Buffalo Bill motherfucker, eh? Yeah, and you can see pictures of her. No. Which is really sad. Uh and she looks like it's on Wikipedia. She looks like a pa- she looks like a paper mache person. Oh, it's okay. very strange. Um Well, no, I got to go on Wikipedia cuz <laughs> Look up Carl Tanzler. Uh, and scroll down a little bit, and you will see a picture of of poor Helen. Listeners, uh, the things I will do for you. <laughs> What's his name again? This Carl Tanz. This is how much I pay attention to our show. Yeah. Carl, Carl Tanzler. Tanzler, Tanzler. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's Carl And he Tanner. has... No, Tanzler. T-A-N-Z-L-E-R. Oh, he's... Uh, doesn't look... Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. That's fucking nightmare fuel. Yep. Ugh. There you go. Uh, so here's uh, so even grosser than that. Jesus. He he had to stuff her chest full of like rags and stuff to <sighs> like keep her like proportions because all of her organs had kind of like rotted away. Oh, now oh. here's the. The most we talk about primary versus uh, or contemporary versus later sources a lot, right? Yeah. On this, this is often when we talk about the most salacious elements of stories. You know, a lot of times the salacious stuff are the really you know it doesn't come out at the time; it comes out later. So this this next detail, which is the grossest detail. Was something that was said by one of the pathologists that did the autopsy, but he said it 30 years later. So I do not know if he was, if this is true. But allegedly, allegedly, uh, there was a paper tube that was inserted into the groin to simulate a vagina. Uh, It is unclear whether the relationship was consummated 
And I'm not going to spend a second thinking about that. Uh, like, <laughs> wow, thank you. And good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so how long do you think something like this could continue? I mean, back in the day, I mean, even right in, now, if you're shut in. Well, which he could, was. Yeah, I mean, you could probably pull it off and for a long time, I would think. Seven years. Oh. Seven years he had this poor woman's body in his house, treating her like a wife. There were rumors around town. One boy said he had seen uh, crazy old uh, Count Carl dancing with what looked like a life-size doll. Uh, the old the folks in town were also wondering why, why Carl was buying so much women's clothing. You know what this makes me think of is two things. One is, uh, well, three things. We already mentioned the whole Buffalo Bill thing. Yeah. You know, puts the lotion on its skin or gets the hose. All know, of course, we all know, that. We all know this. Uh, and then, okay, so Ed Gein. But also, when he first started talking about it, and I first realized where it was going, I started picturing like the uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where he's like dancing, and she's obviously like not, no longer yeah. with us. Yep. Yep. Um, just for the, the folks out there listening, uh, this guy looks like a cross between Colonel Sanders and Sigmund Freud. Yeah. If you watched Animaniacs, he kind of looks like the doctor uh, oh. character. Dude, when was the last time you watched that show? Uh, I watched clips from now, now and again. That show was amazing. Dude, that show was so offside sometimes. Oh, front to back, top to bottom. It was great. So I was watching it with my daughter once. I uh, downloaded, you know, or had a download seasons. So we're watching it and I'm kind of, you know, seeing a maniacs, it's nostalgic. And I think to myself, like, yeah, it's, this was funny. So watch this when I was a kid and I'm, I'm watching it with my kid. And they had this scene where they go in to investigate uh, some kind of burglary or a missing person or something. And they, go in, this, this going, they go in this office great. and the three, like, Warner brothers and sister dot. He starts, he starts giving them all missions and he says like dot fingerprints her <coughs> no, dot no, fine dot. dot fine prints. So she runs around and she comes back and she's holding Prince the singer. And he's like, not Prince fingerprints. And she looks at him and goes, yeah, I don't think so. And I was like, I remember it just pulled me out of what I was doing. And I was like, What? And then I had to yeah. rewind it because it was like, what? <laughs> like that went yeah. right over my, like that would have gone right over my head when I was a kid. But then I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Your favorite show from your, from your childhood had, had a little anal play joke in it. <laughs> Dude, I, I still even like in telling it, it's like, I, is that actually true? Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I can almost, I, I knew where it. you were. I, I had a feeling I knew where you were going. There's a couple different, uh, uh, kind of notably offside. I can't remember any of the other ones. I'm sure I watched a YouTube compilation of that at some point. Yeah, that was the only one that I caught, like, kind of in the wild, where it was like, 
just happened to see it and was like, oh my God. Another great <laughs> another great thing is um the SpongeBob episode where he learns to swear, but instead of swear words, it's dolphin noises. The whole episode yeah. is fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah. My son loves SpongeBob, and I love that he loves SpongeBob because SpongeBob is so it's funny. actually really funny, yeah. It's if great. Watch I it, love it's, it. And I never I was too old for it when I was a kid and then like I said, I watched it with my daughter and I was like, this show's actually kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, seven years just huh? to bring seven years. And but hey, like. Give I'm going to give Carl a little bit of credit here because he wasn't just sitting there like for seven years thinking the status quo is fine. Like he had a plan, man. He had a plan for how this was going to all get better. And his plan was that he was going to build an airship so he could take Helen up to space where the radiation from space would return her to life. Sounds plausible. Yep. He didn't really specify how we thought the flesh and like organs that he had removed and replaced were going to be, you know, the paper mache and rags were going to transform into that. But uh, dude, that. I like turns That's, my stomach. Ugh. Well, we're like legitimately. But after seven years, the rumors around town had reached a fever pitch. Everybody and their dog knew that something weird was up there, and it wasn't good. Eventually, uh, Helen's sister barged into his place and demanded to see this this doll that everybody was talking about. And uh, once she found it, you know, in his, like, fucking shrine to her, uh, she realized it was her her real-ass body. Uh, so he was arrested, uh, as you would be. And would, they, they put him... Yeah, they put him on trial, but uh, ultimately, he was not convicted uh, because the statute of limitations had passed. Oh... Dude, there must have been something he was up to that, you know, just having it even, you would think, right? Yeah. Possession to stolen property, right? You'd think you'd be able to at least get him on that. Nope. They didn't. He actually moved back to uh, to the part of uh, Florida that his, his estranged wife was in. Um, and she apparently, you know, he had lost his job. Like, during him trying to, like... Um, uh, like Gonzo treat uh, like Gonzo journalist or Gonzo nurse treat his this this woman. The hospital had fired him, so he lost his job. Uh, he didn't have any money. His his estranged wife actually basically financially supported him in his later years. So good on her, I guess. Um, oh, amazingly, lady. yeah. He, left he wrote a mem- body. He wrote a memoir about it. Um, what? and he got his U.S. citizenship in 1950. After this, it all happened. What? He got a U.S. citizenship. He. Wrote, That's amazing. Like that is. He wrote, that blows my mind. Okay. He wrote a book. Yeah. Well, the it was Secret it was published in like. Tomb. Yeah. Um. What? After. After she died, or after, not after she died, after uh, he moved back, he apparently had made an, another version of her using a death mask. You know, to remember what a death mask is? We talked about that way back in the first in the episode. Romans, yeah. Yeah. 
Apparently, it had one of those made, so he made a replica of her, but he died in 1952. Some reports say in the arm of his, his doll there, but uh, it's probably not true. He, the, the more accurate report says his, his body was found behind an organ. Which, make of that what you will. Um, Helen, on the other hand, uh, after suffering all of the indignities that she had been put through, was put on display. What? Yep. They put the body on display for a while. Who? Um, I don't know. I don't know who decided whether it was the family, whether it was the oh, police. Dude, could you imagine walking but she into was, like a museum where that was? Like your skin would crawl. You know what I mean? Like you, your hair yeah. would stand up. You'd be like, oh no like, like that's, that's why there's that's why there's pictures of her is because she was put on display uh it's and it's so like because it grosses me out but then at the same time i'm like well i gotta see it god damn it because yeah. you have like this uh, morbid curiosity where you're like but it's so creepy yeah i wouldn't go see the dead woman i don't oh, think I would. dude could you imagine like they have a uh, lennon interned at uh it was like the kremlin yep. or something and yeah. So he's he's been he's been gone now. I mean, Stalin was pre World War II, so this yeah. guy's been gone since the twenties, thirties. Oh, the twenties. He died like right after World War. Uh, uh, yeah, because he one. took over, and then whenever he died, and I remember there was a thing where he had told. Oh, he like, was, yeah, he was in power for a famously short period of time. Yeah, and he had said like anybody but Stalin, because he knew yeah. he knew old old Joe boy there was a little uh, off his rocker, which but, is like. You know, there's something to be said for being at the forefront of a revolution and then dying right before it uh, it actually happens because you take all the credit and none of the blame for whatever happens after. Yeah, true. I don't know, man. It's like I find that really. Um, and the the other thing, too, it's like. Uh, oh, la- sorry. Last bit on Helen here. Okay. She was eventually buried in an unmarked grave, which was probably for the best, just so that, you know, he couldn't possibly get her body again. Um, but yeah, so she was finally at rest after all of that. I wonder how much that still happens. I would have to hope like literally zero. I don't think it's literally. I, I bet you like there's one or two weirdos out there with like a little. It's so creepy, right? Yeah, I would again. I would. Uh, I would. I would hope. I would hope. That's not. like, um, like Ed Gein, you know, like that. Yeah, that kind of just. But it's not because, like, he didn't. He didn't kill her. He didn't right? kill her. No, but like, dude, that's weird. Wasn't that? It's wasn't so that, weird. Uh, wasn't that Dahmer's thing where he, uh, he like wanted to keep them for company and stuff? Oh. Oh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. And he, he ate them. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't love serial killers as a as a topic. No, no, no. Because it's just so disturbing, and it's so yeah. on the fringe of human. Exp- like, you know, if if you're a soldier and you had to like kill somebody, that's a horrible experience and and whatnot. And you had you kind of had to do that, I guess. Maybe you could yeah. say. Uh, but serial killers like doing it for fun. Like, I'm just like, 
Oh, man. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. That's that's the um, dark road. I don't like. I've read some books and I've, of course, I've watched documentaries and stuff on them. But whenever I do, I'm just like, God damn, I need some eye bleach and like, I need to like listen to something happy now. Yeah. Now this, this obviously that was a story that was widely reported at the time. Um, opinions were mixed at the time. There was actually some level of sympathy towards this guy, you know, as like this uh, really, really. Desperate sad. lover. I'd, sad, sad sort of, you know, um, almost like uh, people were treating him like he was uh, like he had lost uh, um, a spouse, but it was never reciprocated. So it's totally unearned. Right. The right. legacy of this story is really interesting, I find. Um there's a quote from Robert C. Davis. He's a uh, historian. I'm not going to pretend like I just came out of this. I just heard this on a, a Hardcore History episode, the, the most recent one. So this is, he said this quote, and it was just in my mind. But but kind of um, as I went back and researched some of this, it was interesting. But the quote is, history is, as often as not, our present politics projected onto the past. Now, I'm not saying that because okay. this was something that was really like, you know, it was okay at the time. It wasn't really okay. He got arrested. He got off on a technicality. I mean, that happens. Uh, that happens. Um, but she was also put on display, which is weird. And that's, that's the, I think at the end of it, that's like the ultimate indignity that not only was her her final rest disturbed by this uh, disturbed gentleman, yeah, but that they further uh, desecrated her remains and her memory by putting her on display like a freak show. Yeah, exactly. Um, like even just putting, I, even putting the picture on Wikipedia, like that's fucked up, you know. Yeah. Now, my I have a history with this particular story. Uh -oh. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I know I heard this story a long time ago and when I was, when I was a younger man, I was, um, yeah, I think I've mentioned before that I'm a, I'm a songwriter. I, I, I write songs from time to time, not too many. I've wrote maybe a dozen songs, um, uh, but it's, it's my hobby and I like it and I just keep beating my head at writing some terrible songs. I had this one song You're that, that terrible, was very, Matthew. <laughs> I had this one song that was very cliche um, that I couldn't really figure out what to do with. And then I I read the story. And my initial reaction to this story was maybe not unlike what some of the reaction at the time would have been. You know, this is early maybe 2000s, uh, where I thought, wow, this is really deranged, but there's this really weird angle of this is a love story and maybe there's something that's kind of interesting there, but the going back and researching this now, there's been this other element of it that's been raised maybe more in light of some of the conversations that have been happening, uh, you know, since the early two thousands when I was a young man, um, particularly around um, women's bodily autonomy 
and um, consent uh, are two, you know, conversations that have happened largely past our generation, right? And I'm not... Yeah, uh, for sure. Without really getting, you know, getting into it, I think we're probably too old to really, for for um, a lot of that stuff to really matter to us anyways. Um, you know, I think, yeah, like, obviously you should get consent to for, for whatever you're doing. I yeah. just... I, I, to, not to get into too much of a uh, discretion here, I think a lot of the reaction that people have to that is trying to imagine yourself as a young person doing the same thing, but like you haven't grown up in the same environment, so it's not you know that's not your world, and you don't have to you don't have to live in it to a certain extent. But that's a digression all to its other, <laughs> all to like, itself. What do you mean, like uh, like now thinking back on the things that you did as a young? No, it's not that. Like it's it's more that. Um, you know, I think uh, for pe- not for people my age, maybe for people a little bit older, all this stuff about like affirmative consent, I think they think of it as like, oh, so now like if you're, you know, if you're sitting down with a girl, it's going to be like, uh, or or a guy or whoever you're you're sitting down with. We pass no judgment about anybody here. You know, it's going to be like, uh, you know, are you signing like uh, contracts or something to, you know, start. To, and I, I don't, it's not like that. They're just like, I think just think younger people understand that you need to like be like, Hey, this is good, right? Yeah, so I think you know, I was always safe there because my level of game basically meant that uh I just I went with the flow. <laughs> I was a non-initiator. <laughs> yeah, I, I married my high school sweetheart, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, so I I um I think that uh, there's definitely a lot in terms of the, those two lenses. There's a lot you, that to, to be said about uh, that story. I don't think we're necessarily the, the podcast to tackle that. <laughs> no, That's no, no, not no. what I'm suggesting we do. There's but I just I thought, yeah, I thought that was really interesting going back and looking at that story later and seeing that that um, element of it added on and being and, you know, having my own like little light bulb moment and going, oh, oh, yeah, OK. That's cool. Uh, that that actually that makes a lot of sense, and that's um, we should be looking at the story through that lens, maybe, um, or at least that's one of many lenses, along with the oh, creepy, and yeah, uh, you know, creeper. it's not like it's okay outside of it. It's just it's an interesting little you know, it's an interesting little uh, wrinkle there. <coughs> As an added bonus, by the way, to close out this episode. Uh, we're going to include my song that I wrote and recorded. Uh, I recorded this probably, I wrote it a long time ago, but probably recorded it in like 2015 with a band I was playing with called Virginia Plain uh, with some awesome dudes. So that'll be at the end. Look forward to that or stop listening before that. Your choice. What was the name of the song? The name of the song is Her Speddy, uh, which obviously is a play on the, the, the uh, nurse show Betty. Nurse Betty. I the, the reason it was called Hearse Betty is the original version of the song was about somebody who was like, uh, you know, an alcoholic or a drug user in, in absence of their their lover. And it had this line that I stole from Lewis Black. It was don't need the drugs when the nurse is home. It was kind of the, one of the one of the hooks in the chorus. Okay. And so Hearse Betty being this idea, I don't know. I, I had these connected in my head. I thought it was kind of clever. And but but I hated what the song was about because it was just another fucking song about um, 
you know, this that tired, cliched subject. And it's not who I am either. It's not like, you know, it's not really my experience. So um, then I read the story and I was really kind of, yeah, fascinated by it and started getting into this like, okay, well, this is like a weird, weird love story. Really weird, really, really twisted love story. And I started write, writing the song about that and it just fit. And then I never changed the name. So that's the story about the name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you talk about uh, looking back on things from the past with a different lens, especially with what's been in kind of uh, the news and everything in the last, I'd say definitely the last five years with um, stuff like consent and words that you can and can't say and all this stuff, like the kind of very rapid. Sorry, oh, it's just rapid change can can give you whiplash sometimes, right? Well, like when people, the goalposts move fit yeah. quick. People kind of associate all this with like extreme left and stuff, and and there's you know there's there's some things that you kind of go like, yeah, we we probably should address that, and there's other things where it's like, okay, we get it already, like done to death. But it's funny because you talk about how we're of a particular age where, like our kids coming up now, this is all normalized for them. Uh, so I, yeah. I have like had, I guess, so I'm not with this woman anymore, but I had a uh, stepson who is now 18. And for him, all this stuff is very normal. The different kind of uh, relationship styles, the, the gay and the straight and the, the LGBTQ, that's all very accepted and normal. <clears throat> but you and I remember in high school, like that was not okay because it was the um, time. Yeah, I was a bit more. Um. Yeah, like, I'm not I don't saying know, from be- a personal experience. I'm saying from a societal, from like, a societal. Yeah, like, definitely. Like that was frowned upon. It, it wasn't discussed. It wasn't, and that was in our lifetime. Yeah, that's that, that much saying. change like, has happened. That, yeah, that, and so yeah, so there's a lot of people who kind of, you know, like, like to. Say, I remember there's there was a bar that opened up in our our downtown hometown that was a threat to an existing large bar, and allegedly, the owner of said large bar, who still owns said large bar, started a rumor. That this new bar uh, was a a hangout for gays, uh, in in the parlance of the time, it was a gay bar, and that bar shut down. That's what I'm in saying. In no time, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that was not cool. Um, I still, I don't know. It's it's just funny when you look back on how things have changed in our lifetime. So I I marched in a gay pride parade when I was. Um, seventeen or eighteen, and that I considered that a radical act at the time. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, like that's I. I think I'm <clears throat> I'm kind of the per like I think diversity is awesome, and yeah, all love is beautiful. Do your thing, whatever. But I also remember that I grew up at a time where if something was stupid, you would call it like back in the day. You'd say like, "Oh, that's gay." 
and you wouldn't think anything of it. Like it was, it was a yeah. thing that didn't. People still do that. I yeah, I, I know. cringe every and, time and, someone does that. It makes me. I'm like, oh, and and, and people Stop when it. they when they when they say uh, when they drop the R bomb, you know, yeah, like that's a big thing. And that oh my god, I said that like. I, I used to say that word so much, and now it's yeah. something, you know, it's, you just move on. You, you just go, okay, that's not, you can't say that anymore. I think if you're, if you're smart, you try to internalize the reason why you can't say it anymore. Yeah. I you mean, know? we've seen the effect of those words on people. I've seen, like, I have a family member with a disability who was called, called the hard R a lot. Yeah. And it, it hurt her a lot. And that, yeah. that fucking sucks. So right. I, I get why they don't want to hear it. But you know what? Like my, so my older sister will never, you will never hear that word out of her. And, and I'm, I was still of the generation where we said words without thinking of their impact and how they, they associated. And I, yeah, from I think time th- to time will drop that word myself. And I, and I was like, God damn it, do better than that. But it is yeah. funny to see how much things have changed in, not even our lifetime. I'd say in the last twenty years. It's also part of getting older too, because I, you know, I used to I'm be sure, a, yeah. an abrasive person. I used to like offending people for the sake of offending people, and oh, that was like know, the the whole shtick of our twenties, right? And then you, you know, holy shit! Do oh. you? Re- uh, of course you remember. I'm sure you remember. Now, Can I tell the I'm story gonna, about the I'm air gonna... horn? <laughs> I'm going to preface this by saying I usually don't remember, but I do remember having fun with an air horn. What particular part of the air horn story are you going to tell? So Kevin comes and picks me up. Oh, I know we're driving around and he's got he's got an air horn. I found an air horn in the office I worked in and I, I used it on a dude in the shitter and thought it was hilarious. So, yeah, carry on. So... <laughs> <laughs> I have not thought of this in years. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just thinking about this is making me giddy. We roll up to another. It's it was your friend. Like I'm just kind of I'm friend, just kind of there. Was Jordan. Yeah, it was your friend Jordan. Uh, we Auto roll up facts. to his house, uh, and you knocked on the door, and he <laughs> answered the door, and you blew the air horn in his face, and then you ran back to your car, and you got in and we drove off right <laughs> he was so bad and then he, he called you humor in it. no he didn't because he was fighting with his girlfriend at the time <laughs> you, remember that so from his perspective you knocked on the door he answered like the middle of a blowout fight <laughs> you blow an air horn in his face like his day could not have possibly gotten fucking but, any worse but that's how we were in the 20 in, in our 20s i also but like, I'm not going to tell that story. <laughs> Awful is how we were in our 20s. Uh, I got to kind of maybe tell the story. The hair. The hair. Oh, yeah. Can we tell this? No, save. Th- we'll, we'll save the hair for later. All right. We'll save that for later. But that's yeah. a particularly uh, <laughs> dubious moment in our history also. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that that was like our shtick. I mean, I remember going drinking with you and Joel, and like we would just randomly slap each other, like just you know, back when they used to throw darts at each other and so like we were just assholes, just assholes. Yeah, and we said you guys most, threw you guys threw most, darts yeah. at each other. 
Oh my god, I almost lost an eye. Like with a Roman. Of course candle. you fucking did. Dude, we did so many dumb things. It's so it's such a wonder I survived. But yeah, when you're you but, know uh, you know we need to we we as people who are now getting very close to 40, we need to remember that like young people are entitled to be stupid. Oh, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and they're going to find you, new and creative ways to be stupid and that's fine. Yeah. I don't know if I would have ever been Tide Pods dumb, but like <laughs> there was, there was a point where, you know what, if we had, oh God, what was our equivalent of Tide Pods? It would have been like butt shots or something. Butt chugs. I never yeah. butt chugged. I never butt chugged. Of course I didn't fucking butt chug. I would. Yeah. But that was, that was a thing. Um, I what don't they know. call it. There was <clears throat> hoofing. Was that no hoofing? Hooping, 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 hoop, 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 well, I don't know. I just we've gone off on this huge tangent now about which uh, is usually the case. That's my favorite yeah. part of the episode is unwinding from a horrible story <laughs> yeah. to try to find something else to talk about. By talking about how horrible we were. I mean, you know what? I may have blown an air horn in a friend's face, and I may <laughs> have blown you, an air horn while a guy was taking a shit. Yeah, but you did not MacGyver back together a corpse so you can keep MacGyver it around for seven years. Together, so I feel good about myself. God damn. Yeah, I still remember. I thought he would laugh about it, and he was so <laughs> mad. Can he laugh about it now? Have you talked I, to him? In- you know, I haven't talked to him in so long. He moved uh, He moved up to Ottawa, and he's got a oh, okay. family now. Good for him. I see him on oh, righteous. Facebook. Righteous. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, ever since that day. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> no, we were still good friends after. He did laugh about it eventually, kind of. <laughs> He also said, if you do it again, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> you really like scaring people. <laughs> Dude, I was just like, I've always just been a little bit, uh, a little bit mischievous, I guess. A little bit of Dennis the Menace in you. Oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've always liked my pranks. Well, speaking of pranks, you've been playing on us for 30 episodes now. You got a closing fact. <laughs> I do have a closing fact. This one's, How uh, about that segue? I don't know if you're going to know this. A lot of people might know this if they're fans. Pearl Jam. BJ. Recently bought a Pearl Jam album on vinyl. Super happy about that. A little no-code action. Uh, And I started thinking I know a lot about Pearl Jam because I'm a pretty big fanboy. Actually, it was one of Sid's first nicknames for me. Fanboy. I talked a lot about Pearl Jam. I was supposed to go see them. Anyhow... Uh, did you know what their name was prior to being Pearl Jam? Yeah, it was, um, uh, it was Monkey's Mustard. What? No, it was Mookie Blaylock. No. Nah, I was just, I was going to keep making stuff up. You just <laughs> totally ruined my bit. Mookie Blaylock, huh? Mookie Blaylock. And they couldn't keep that name because it turns out it was already taken by a guy named Mookie Blaylock. 
I was going to say, I think that's a real guy. Yeah, it? he was a point, <clears throat> an NBA point guard. I think he played for Ju- played for New Jersey, and then he played for, I think, Atlanta or something. So they just made it up, but it turns they out just, it was a real guy? No, or they I took think, his name? I think they just took his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they had to shut her down. But that was like Pearl Jam's original name. Ah, so there's were we a, talking about... Did, did we talk about... Uh, Aaron and I were talking about uh, the the actor Walton Goggins. Have you are you familiar with this actor? No. Hell of a handle though, right? Yeah, Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins. But we were I was talking about with with my wife about how neither of those names is that remarkable on their own. No. But you put them together, and holy shit, you have got something there. Like Faxmax. Like Faxmax. <laughs> And good night. Goodbye. Enjoy the song.
Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on twitter.com at fact schmacked pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure.